Hello everybody, uh, welcome to episode 5, part 2 of It's All About the CX. Join with me, Barry Rafferty, and John Folia, of course, as usual. Um, before I introduce uh, today's guest, um, I just want to quickly say look, thank you very much for the feedback uh, that we've had from our, our last video and podcast with Fergal. Uh, some, some great feedback from, from people just you know, dropping in some messages and I know off the back of this, uh, Fergal's had a couple of very high-level conversations with a, with a couple of customers from it. So, um, look, thank you very much for that. Um, but today we're we're joined by by John Wade, and as our conversation unfolds today, you'll you'll understand uh, why John is here with us today. So, so John is a customer experience expert for the media and entertainment industry. He's a hard man to get a hold of. I know we've been off the air for, for the last, last couple of weeks. Um, it's, it's just been a bit hard to, to tie people down. We're kind of in a really busy, busy time of the year. John's been away. Chloe's been away. Uh, John's going to get confusing today. It is going to get a bit confusing. I'm just back from Nashville, so I've got a bit of a tan. The complexion, that's making Chloe look. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll just call one John W. Look, yeah, we, it, it's great to actually have John Wade with us today. Um, there's a couple of reasons why, why we wanted John here today with us. Uh, he's been very active uh, across different social media uh, environments, pushing our modern customer experience summit, which is happening in London on November 20th of November in the bank side. There you go, and Bankside. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so John, John's actually going to kind of go into a little bit more more details towards the the end of the podcast in relation to to the event because uh, yeah, we've been uh, quite busy over the last couple of weeks promoting promoting it very heavily. We've been talking to, to customers in relation to it. So uh, look, it's uh, it, it it is our big big event of the year. It's the last one before Christmas. Great opportunity for you know, potential customers to meet like-minded individuals. It's, it's very much following the sales, marketing, service tracks, and uh, there will be some commerce elements to it as well. Do you know what I'm actually trying to get? But very limited. Um, so, and I think you posted on your LinkedIn, John. You posted on your LinkedIn. I definitely posted on my LinkedIn. <laughs> so yeah. So if you go to either our LinkedIn's, click on it, reserve your place. Um, do it that way because yeah, definitely look or or send us a direct message. Uh, Barry Rafferty or John Wade or John Foley, you know we, we can actually get you registered registered up for it. Um, so look, it, it is a great opportunity. So uh, yeah, look, there's also just one other piece on that is the <laughs> executive lunch. So yes. I mean, the executive lunch is probably the most exciting part for for a lot of people because you get the chance to sit down with our executive leadership. As well as be shoulder to shoulder with some of our current customers, as well as some of the product experts that have flown over from the US. And um, so it's one of those kind of rare opportunities, and everyone comes with a nice, a nice lunch. So a nice lunch. Look, you get to mix with your peers. Uh, it's a fantastic event, uh, held in a fantastic venue. So look, you know, we'll, we'll go more into it. To, to, yeah, of course. To, to, towards, yeah. towards the end of the podcast. So look. Thanks very much, John, for, for joining us here today. Uh, I'm going to pass it over to our 
Please, Master. <laughs> sure. Uh, before we start, um, so John, you are in media and publishing, is that correct? So, yeah, so I, I look after the media and entertainment industry for the mid-market commercial sector in, in the UK. So within that, I've got broadcasting, I've got head-of-home advertising, radio, TV, newspapers, book publishing, so it's quite, it's quite a... <laughs> it's it's a list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like, yeah, an awful lot. Um, so yeah, so we, we, we cover quite a, quite a broad vertical, uh, so to speak. Excellent. And it's CX? Customer experience, that's what yep. it's all about, right? Well, it is all about the CX. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, what we're going to do today is we're just going to ask a few questions like we did to Virgo beforehand. Yep. Um, so we're going to start off with kind of my own background as well, because I come back from a marketing perspective. Sure, yeah. So when I was first started my career, I was speaking to my marketing manager at the time, and I was a digital marketing exec. And I asked, where should I go with my career to my manager? She said you should go into sales because salespeople traditionally had a stronger voice when it came to board level and you had a chance of getting on a board and making decisions. But as I see it now, CMO, the role has changed and there's more responsibility. Am I right in saying that or what are your thoughts there? Yeah, no, 100%. So, according to the Future of CMOs, which is a report that just been released by eMarketer, okay. the role of the CMO has changed completely. Um, so, it's no longer just about awareness and acquisition, they've now taken on full responsibility for the life cycle of the customer, which is of course the customer experience. experience yeah. um, and they're also getting far more involved in product strategy as well as commercial strategy, okay. uh, which we think is super exciting as a, as a role shift. And is, it, is that down to changing environments, the environment, experience that comes with having service? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the, the experience economy is 100% what's driving this requirement for customer experience, but it's also the availability of data. So when we speak with marketing teams, they, they come to us and they say, right, well, we've got all of this data on our customers, but how do we use that data? How can we commercialize that data to create it as a value add to bring back to our customers and how they can then reach their audiences? Um, so really, that's, that's what's driving this, is how do we take that data, use that data, and of course that's going to inform more conversations within the business of bringing marketing right into those business strategy conversations, mm -hmm. and of course the commercial strategy conversations as a direct result. I think that's, that's a really strong point, because again, one of the old adages that haunted marketers was the idea that um, problem is half my marketing spend is wasted. The only problem is I don't know which half. And as a marketer, as a CMO, you really don't want to get that back in your face. So is it important about using the data or how they're using the data or, or what are you seeing there that CMOs can actually leverage something to actually justify the reason of their spend? Yeah, so that's a really good point. So another, another um, set of findings, let's call it, from the the CMO report that eMarketer ran was that obviously traditionally marketers depended on, you know, they were considered a cost center. I hate to call it that, but that's, that's they're considered, right? Yeah. <laughs> you were a cost center. <laughs> and so, and you know, obviously nobody wants to be on the cost side of the business. You want to be on the revenue side of the business. And so uh, marketing is now being 
total they're responsible for revenue. And 95% of CMOs will say that they report based on revenue, and yet they still struggle to get access to budget. Okay, so they've got to kind of walk that thin fine line between managing budget while also being responsible for the revenue of the business. And you know the question is, well, well why? What, what is that? What's what's holding them back? Why can't they get access to that budget? Surely you're being totally responsible for the revenue. You come and ask for budget. Yeah, they should come hand in hand. <laughs> And what we're seeing is that marketing is still speaking in terms of click-throughs. So they're speaking in a very different language to what the business is speaking. Yeah. So whereas the, the CFO and the CEO yeah. are still talking in terms of bottom line. Bottom line. Right. And so what CMOs globally are acknowledging is, well, we need to tie our marketing activities to business outcomes, which ties to business objectives. And speak the business language instead of speaking so they still have to balance between driving you know, acquisition, driving awareness, but follow that story right through to revenue yeah. and follow the customer journey, as we call it. So one of the points you made, made there just a bit earlier on was, yeah. was about data. Um, because when myself and John have had numerous conversations in relation to data, trying to connect the data. Sure. How important are the conversations that you're having with CMOs or with your prospects or clients around connecting the data? Are they, is that an issue for them? Are they, what are they, you know, what are they, what are they doing to capture it and try actually use that data? So that's a really interesting question. Um, every organization has silos. I've said that before. It's not new to anyone here. What's yeah. super interesting is that even within a department, there are sub-silos. <laughs> I think everyone always forgets yes. that, because yeah. you've got the social media team is a silo. Mm -hmm. The marketing automation drip nurture campaign is a silo. Yeah. The sign-ups to your webinars, sign-ups to your events, those are silos. Yeah. Those then get converted to a CSV file, which then gets uploaded to a CRM system. Each of those create micro-silos. To say nothing of somebody phoned in to customer service or signed up to an event. And so there are these sub-silos yeah. within the actual organizational silos. I think the business is aware of them, which is amazing. That's an amazing step forward. So now these are known unknowns as opposed to just being unknown unknowns. And, and the, the, the question then is, okay, well, this is now a priority and it's our priority. How do we then take that step forward? Exactly, and as well as that, when we think about the silos, we're talking about from within the business, but if I'm a customer mm -hmm. and all my information is siloed, mm -hmm. then I'm getting an email saying, oh, buy this product, but I've just been on the phone to customer care to say, I want to return something, and I'm getting all these mixed messages the whole time. Right. So the experience is a disgrace, and I'm now bad mouthing your brand to John W. and also Barry. So that's the thing that we have to consider. So it's one thing noticing within the business, but it's also what's the end game for the customer. And that's a really interesting point. So obviously you look after a lot of consumer brands. Exactly. Whereas I look after a lot of commercial B2B type brands. Yes. And the story you're telling mm -hmm. is a very consumer focused story. Right? right. And yet 
B2B story is actually the exact same. Because when we think about customer experience, we think about it in terms of consumer brands, right? And that experience journey, you think yeah. in terms of it buying a pair of shoes or you know, buying a new watch online. You know, we, we think about that journey and the, and the email campaign that goes with that. And yet if you think in terms of in a business-to-business relationship, you know, we've just received this overpriced invoice and now you're marketing a new service to me, the customer journey still applies and the customer experience through that journey still applies. And so we, we shouldn't be thinking about CX as just a consumer brand challenge. It applies to B2B, it applies to SaaS, it applies to every organization regardless of the type of I just want to make that point because I think no, no, no. I, I absolutely <laughs> love this because uh, in, the, in the in the last couple of um, episodes that we've done with uh, other you know, retail folks, um, you know, B2B businesses or your consumer, my brain primarily focused, uh, yeah. and it's great to hear. So it's it's a bit uh, it's bringing some balance back to these conversations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just happens to be your balance, yeah. <laughs> or balance, whichever. Maybe that's why I was excited getting John. <laughs> well, yeah, so, yeah, I think um, one of the other things that's super interesting is how marketing can inform product strategy and commercial strategy within an organization because that really opens up their exposure within the business, their impact within the business. And, you know, that that's, that's one of the powers of having the data and having access to that data and having those data insights because then you can go, okay, well, we can go after new markets. We can bring in new products, we can launch new services, we can go after new territories, which is super valuable. And we can even create predictions for the business of these are areas of markets that we haven't gone after yet that we know will bring success for them, etc. Um, you're covering off something really, really well there. What you know, some of the earlier conversations with myself and John mm-hmm. we've had, like we, we keep on. Once marketing converts a potential prospect into a customer, yeah. you know, what happens then through that flow? And it comes back to what John told us in the returning thought. And that's the same for yeah, a big B2B um, customer. Service needs to know, customer service needs to know. Yeah. It has to be kind of flowing, flowing kind of a view. Really good that you're covering off all of these elements. It is very important. But that's a, a really good point, actually, because more and more what we're seeing now is that service reps are also sales reps. So when you're bringing yeah. up customer service, you're actually calling sales, which is phenomenal. And that, that means that the businesses yeah. are starting to understand that. Um, and so to kind of take the conversation forward another step, um, what we're seeing now then is, okay, so the focus is no longer on awareness and acquisition of brand. Mm-hmm. It still is, but it's, it's, it's more than that. It's now customer-centric. And it has to be customer-centric because it's, we brought you in, now we're responsible for you because we need to keep you. Yeah. We need to yeah. show the love. Where can we show the love? How can we show the love? But we need to show the love. And I think that's where customer-centric is. Oh, so <laughs> yeah, customer doesn't want to know they're being cross-sold. No, 
but in saying that, it's you know, okay. John yeah. used uh, the story there when he was speaking to Berla when he was talking about when he's buying a pair of runners, he would never buy a pair of shoes. Look, I've changed my shoes today. <laughs> John's still wearing runners, yeah, as always. <laughs> but he but he he used that as an example, so yeah. that if you sell me a pair of shoes, you know, here's a pair of socks to go. and recommendations that they can actually then go, well, I might need that now, but you know, I might need it in a couple of months' time. Yeah. You know, yeah. Or here's uh, here's a product that I'm going to keep me clean and take care of you know, for a piece of time. So I, I, I think being able to provide and give people options, mm -hmm. even if they don't have to take them up now, it's the fact that, oh, you know, I didn't know I could use X or yeah. like which is where my industry becomes super interesting, right? The media industry, <laughs> right? Because, and, and this is where that, you know, that data as a commercial entity yeah. becomes a really interesting conversation because what you've got is, you've got these publishing brands who, who know that you, Barry, have been watching a lot of YouTube videos about... Never. Never. <laughs> I, I don't watch it. Or I, I don't about watch specific any. medical issues or, you know, high arches, for example, right? Just yeah. go back to the conversation, right? And so we know you've been, you've been watching these videos, you know, you've been following these bloggers about, you know, how to run with high arches. Yeah. And now, as a publisher, I can now put you in a category of audience and put you in front of say a special kind of running shoes, say Brooks shoes for example, right, who, who are very, very strong for athletes who, you know, need a certain kind yeah, of yeah. engineered footwear. Um, and so we can go to Brooks and go, hey, <clears throat> this audience have a particular subset and interest. And so now our that audience becomes super, super valued to that brand. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's a lot of really interesting conversations happening around that. Um, and we can we can get into that later, but I, but I I just wanted to I just love how you know interest areas can cross over, so it's not even just within one brand. Yeah, you know, yeah. We can have a cross interest across brands. No, it does, and I like you know, this is one of the reasons why I wanted one of you to, to you know come in and have a have a chat with us because what's going on within the media and entertainment industry it's it's very different to what's happening. Media are looking for different avenues to create different revenue streams, or as, as John would, would like to call them, you know, they're looking at different swimming lanes. Sure. Yeah. You know, and I, th I think that's that's very important that they're looking at ways that they can use their audience to be able to give them that personalized messaging. Yeah. And it's you know, Fergal spoke. media and entertainment industry to be able to get down to that granular granular level yeah. where you can actually speak volumes to specific brands, whether it's it's running shoes, it's it's coffee or it's tea. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it could be somebody's travel and uh, 
resilience. And if you look at the mountain as well, you've got huge amounts going down the Pennsylvania and the Missouri and the Western. You've got Brexit. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, said it, I said it again. Okay? <laughs> we must be talking 20 minutes. It's taking me 20 minutes to actually say Brexit. Put a euro in the swear jar or yeah. a pound, whichever you prefer. <laughs> The yeah. potential impact of that coming up to, to different advertisers looking, you know, I, I, I was having a chance uh, with I had my, my son at Dallas football last mm -hmm. week, and I was chatting to one of the dads who, who works for a, a, a large manufacturer, and at the moment they're busy emptying their warehouses of Christmas that they can actually fill up their warehouses for normal stuff because they just don't know what the impact of Brexit is going to have. Mm -hmm. So they're just, you know, everybody's, you know, they, they don't know what to expect. Sure, sure. And as well as that, with that I will say, again, it's relying on what you can control. And what you can control are your different channels and how you go to market. The external factors like Brexit, we don't have a magic solution to that. But what we do have <laughs> is a solution to your CX. <laughs> <laughs> but you're dead right. Yeah. Dead right. Yeah. And one thing you brought up, and you mentioned a few times, and again from a marketing perspective, mm. we talked about awareness campaigns, we talked about um, acquisition campaigns. For sure. Yeah. Um, so if I'm a CMO and I want to bring in a new market, or if I want to revenues because now I'm tied to revenue. What can I use or how can I use uh, can I use data to that or, or what are your thoughts around that? So the most important thing is to think holistically about the journey and create engagement and nurture touch points across the entire life cycle. Right? That's, that's what we talk uh, a bit about being customer centric. That's what we're talking about here. Um, so whatever strategy you take on that you're thinking holistically about the entire journey, okay, and how, yeah, how, how your end user or end customer mm -hmm. will engage with your brand, and that your marketing strategy is thinking holistically about, well, once they're in, what are they doing, mm -hmm. how are we engaging with them, and how can we change our response to them, depending on the action they do or do not take. And the beauty right. about that is, I think, once you collect all that holistically, yeah. Then you can start to look at lookalike audiences, I imagine, then. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Quite and then that as well would lead into different regions. So therefore, if you want to expand not only in the market that you're in, there's yeah. a case where you can expand to new territories and lead that conversation. Yeah, so we, we can do two things, right? So we can do the lookalike marketing, mm -hmm. but we can also do intent data. Okay. So we can take intent data. So, so tell me a little bit about intent data. So, so I think intent data is a really exciting one. So, so sales intelligence is obviously a whole new <laughs> interest area right. from, a, from a sales perspective, but it still feeds into what marketing is trying to do, which is what our focus for today's session is. Um, and intent data can inform where marketing focus, right? And intent data is basically what signals are out there that imply consumers or customers are planning to engage with a product. Because we know that 60%, 70%, the figure changes frequently, but 60% or 70% of the research is done 
before you pick up the phone or get in touch with a brand or a company to say, I want to buy your product, right? Yeah. And that research leaves a digital footprint. Right. And that's what we call intent. Okay. So when we talk about intent data, we mean the data that informs so propensity to buy. Propensity to buy, exactly. Okay. You know, falls under different terminology. Exactly. Right? Yeah, 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 Intent yeah. data, propensity to buy. Yeah. yeah that's uh, that's B two B versus uh, yeah. <laughs> consumer, right? Um, but that intent or propensity to buy data can inform marketing. So marketing can say, okay, well these territories are becoming exciting territories for us. These verticals will potentially become. But you can go really, really granular. You can say, actually, this company that we've never even looked at mm-hmm. as a prospect. Company and I'm now talking about account-based marketing, right? Uh, these companies that we've never targeted before are now really, really spiking. So we should actually start including them in our, in our campaigns. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of exciting stuff we can start to do with that. No, I mean you're kind of alluding to as well. So Oracle did a recent acquisition, and I know you've been, uh, you know, you've you've been one of the first first. Uh, Sure. And, and kind of taking some ownership of it. So I, I think it might be, you know, can you just kind of give us a kind of summary of, uh, of it? Because I, I get, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it's something that myself and John haven't, haven't covered off, but the fact that you're bringing in you know, this whole set of intelligence tools. Right. Uh, and one of the things I, I, I like about this as well is, again, it doesn't matter what CRM you're using, it sure. doesn't matter. Sure. Yeah. Where your data is being held, it's it's a really nice. So 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 to move forward from what you're saying there, so so we've took we've touched on that you have to be holistic, mm-hmm. right? The marketing and sales have to work together, yeah. And the marketing is now going to inform sales on what they're going to do. Yeah, destroy the service. <laughs> right. Uh, well, services once the customer is onboarded, right? Yeah. But let's let's talk in terms of getting somebody. In through the front door, so to speak. Yeah. Right. Um, or sales can inform marketing, right? It's a very much a two-way street. Um, but the issue can often be on the data side, right? And so Arco recently acquired Datafox, worth a lookup if you aren't aware of Datafox. Um, and so where Datafox is really, really strong on is their firmographic data. So all the data that you can get from financial reports. Oops. Yeah, um, nothing too exciting there, but they're really, really strong on the firmographic data. Um, they're also really, really strong on technographic data, so the actual technology stack that a company has. So you might say, do you know what? Our product or service is a really great fit for companies running Zendesk, for example, right? Okay. So, or companies running BlueKai, mm-hmm. to use a brand that we own. Um, and so you can say, right, well, let's target companies that are using BlueKai having these issues. And we can really inform a marketing campaign around that. But also, we need the company information because sales are going to need to follow up on this. And so DataFox can really help out by working with your CRM data set, right? deduping it, cleaning it, preparing the contacts, preparing the company information so that once marketing has the campaigns spun up, sales is ready to engage. And that's really how you're going to help marketing and sales to work together. Does that make sense? Uh, and, uh, one of one of the biggest users of it would be uh, 
won't go into uh, <laughs> actually that do you know you can you can take me offline for that one if yeah, you need I, to get more details I'm more than happy so look at what what we might do as well is um within the post um we'll we'll maybe put a, a google link in where we can direct you towards the information around out of box sure it's a really clever tool um and in fairness uh john has been first first person first consultant within our, within our board it's just been all over you're having some very constructive conversations with the customers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it resonates massively with the, within the industry where they've got huge amounts of data, huge amounts of siloed data. They've yeah. been able to, you know, teach you and actually have a source of truth, but also a lot of information and intelligence behind it. Yeah, well. yeah. I mean, there, there's some other, you know, so quite often, uh, and we'll get a little bit off, off topic here, but just to also kind of back, you keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the clients that I'm working with, I obviously can't say who, but one of the clients that I'm working with uh, came to us because they needed to clean up their marketing strategy and clean up their, you know, how they were onboarding new customers and the automation that happened behind that. Yeah. But they realized that because of all the silos, their data was in a little bit of a disarray. So they needed to clean it up, they needed to defuse it. There's no shame in that. Every organization has that moment. 51% of your CRM data is out of date, right? Most people lose that in the yeah. two months. So it's very standard, it's very normal, and mm -hmm. um, nothing to be ashamed of. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's where we brought in DataFox. So we ran a data strategy with them first to clean the CRM data to then inform the marketing and the marketing automation, which, to be honest, that marketing automation that they're talking about is nothing to do with acquisition. It's actually once the customer said yes hi i want to be a customer of yours that's actually when the market automation kicks in so really uh, holistic strategy in play here because again all of this comes back to the cmo right so it all comes back to the cmo bringing these to the attention of the team and then the team investing wisely on yeah. what they should be using yeah so with the cmo what I was hoping is that you could give us perhaps within the, within your vertical. Sure. What is what they believe is the key to success, or what's the key challenge that they're facing? Sure, sure. So the reality is that nobody argues <laughs> that data should be at the center. Right. That we should be customer centric. Every CMO knows this all day. Every CMO knows that they should be reporting on this and outcomes. The challenge is actually having that information to have, removing those silos, connecting those data, and centralizing that information. Because you know a lot of the companies that, that I'm working with have grown through acquisition. Right. So they've grown through acquiring 30, 50, 60, 70, a couple of hundred organizations. And each of those organizations have their own data sets, have their own sales and marketing yeah. systems. And so removing those silos, and like you talked about earlier, the sub-silos, mm -hmm. to have that clean, clear picture, and mm -hmm. um, that's the biggest hurdle for these CMOs, is to actually go, no, I need to take everything that I have, centralize that data, clean that data, and use that data to then inform our business strategies going forward, and then follow the lead to cash 
the entire way through so that I know that when we ran that campaign, this company or person engaged, mm -hmm. took these actions, bought these products, yeah. spent this money, and then do you know what? We solved that problem with them when they had all those issues with us, and they renewed, so now I'm also responsible for those renewal numbers and those growth numbers. Yeah. And we also upsold them on a couple of products, mm -hmm. which were part of this campaign. So now we're really seeing how marketing sales and service is tying together. So this isn't some future focused ambition. It's happening right now. And companies are doing this right now. Um, it's just some companies are faster than others with mm -hmm. getting a handle on their data and tying that story together. And what would be interesting is like from a retail perspective, the education piece isn't really needed anymore. The marketers are on board, they understand that this is something we need to do. They're looking at the competitors. With in, I'm sorry, I'll pitch this question to you as well. But yeah. in medium publishing, is the education piece, they understand it already, and now it's finding out exactly what the different uh, software does, the different technologies do at the moment, or, or what are you experiencing in the market? Yeah, no, I think, I think you're dead right. I think the, the education is very much there. Um, everybody's at the races in terms of technology, so it's more about decluttering. Okay. There's, there's just, there's, too many systems. Right. Um, there's too many vendors. I mean, there's what? What was, it, what was the latest report? Was thirty thousand um, Martech? Yeah. And that's just within marketing. Yeah, that's just... forgetting sales and service. Mm -hmm. And the average number of apps per rep is twenty five, and that's just within sales organization. So the biggest challenge companies have mm -hmm. is the number of applications. Yeah. <laughs> and each application is feeding and informing data. So yeah, that's uh, I think from from what we're seeing, it's not a lack of awareness. Mm -hmm. It's 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 going okay. Well, we've got the technology. We're, we have the ability to buy the best technology. Mm -hmm. We use the best technology. We just need to work out how to actually bring it all together, right? And move ourselves forward as opposed to just being you know reactive and react. What we have. And you seen the same barrier? So I'm gonna kind of take you back. Larry Ellison talked talk about the Imago world, but we went through our own cloud transformation. Right. Um, moving on to our generation two cloud, autonomous cloud base. Yeah. But actually, our, our whole platform, our fusion platform, where all our SaaS applications, whether it's EOP or HCM, and then all the different customer experience applications themselves. So we've gone through a massive. John hit the nail on the head in, in terms of we've got everybody's trying to move to simplification mm. of, of their processes. You know, you talk to our, our EOP reps here, they're, they're talking about simplifying business processes. If you think about some of the applications that we sell, so we can take our Yeah. But we 
one application was the customers have and maybe the messaging that they should provide to them. The sales department would then understand that, okay, well, in the life cycle of the product is X, I don't need to talk to these people for six, 12, 24 months. You know, depend, mm -hmm. So if it was defining something as a service, yeah. Service, finance, you know, everybody's got that one source of truth. So I think yeah. yeah, and you well, can I see in marketing feeds into every single piece of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's across the board. Like I'm, when having conversations at the moment, it's, it's more around how can we make life easier? How can we simplify uh, an arduous process? How can we give them back? So, so coming back to the uh, the future of the CMO report that I was saying, um, so CMOs worldwide, right, said that delivering customer experience across all touch points was the ultimate objective. Yeah, that's where everyone wants to be. The ultimate blockers that, which is the question we want capital to put, is the lack of integration across all elements of the customer experience. Is what's holding them back. That's the major stumbling block across all of these things. The ambition is there, the willingness is there, the knowledge is there, the technology is there, the data is there. The barrier mm -hmm. is integration, according to the, the, the research. I've got it. It's easy. Just talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> we know the answers. But genuinely, yeah. with, with our software, integration I think that's a very fair statement, yeah. I mean, we're talking open APIs, we're talking our integration layers, we're talking our autonomous database, you know, central, central pairing, we've heard it covered off hundreds of times before, but I think, you know, if you ignore application level stuff, which is obviously our focus area, but yeah. below that, of course, is your integrations and your infrastructure and your autonomous database, I think, has to live underneath that. Yeah, so no, it does. It, it does, and it's, it sits on it sits on our, our own hardware, latest hard, Intel hardware, and our data centers. You plug and play with with all the, the big vendors, Microsoft, VMware, even the ones who are marketplace. Just list them in thousands. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. or three thousand, at least three. And then from the, the full report and everything you've talked about for mm -hmm. the CMOs out there, is there a key takeaway that you would consider? Or so was it the data? Is it about getting the right technology? Or is it the last point there, the integration? Or at a high level, what do you think people should be focused on? Where should the conversation be? So just the first takeaway. I mean, I think based on the data. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's all about the data. Okay. Uh, to, to, to put it as, as simply and seemingly as cheesy as that, yeah. based on the data which has fed all of the research to date, mm -hmm. 
um, it all comes back to the data. Servicing of the data centralizes the data yeah. from all of the silos, from all of the sections of the business, to then inform the business and every process going forward. And Barry, what was Virgil's uh, quote again about data and one individual arguing for the power of one? Was that? I think that's a phenomenal. If you can have that on your board, if you're a marketer, or a mathematician, or a mathematician. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I definitely, like, look, that's where the other thing that I was going to connect to to this talk, I think that's where where the market is going. And we're certainly seeing that from, from different conversations we're having with, with different industries. Um, look, I'm not kind of aware of the timing. <laughs> you probably talked a, bit, a, a little bit too, you know, long, uh, we have an awful lot to cover there. Yeah, and we've definitely explored a couple of interesting rabbit holes. Yeah, and, and look, if you've opened up um, probably a can of worms in, in terms of uh, thoughts, um, I think possibly sure. what we might do is we might do a John Way part two, and maybe <laughs> just, just maybe focus on, on the data thoughts and sure. some of the conversations uh, around that because it is a super interesting subject. Um, it's very relevant. Post in the post John Wayne's um, LinkedIn profile will be there as well. So look, please feel free to reach out to John, uh, both myself and John Foley, for, for any questions or any feedback. Um, and obviously, MCX, tell us more. MCX, yes, um, you can definitely watch some of the videos that are currently on my channel. Uh, but the, the high level is we've got. It's going to be on in the Hilton Bank site on the 20th of November. Um, it's going to be from 8 to 5, but we think it's going to go on all night as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just block out the full 12 hours. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's, a full, it's a full day schedule. We've got opening keynote talking about the experience economy, which is of course fueling the customer experience and the, and the shifts that we've been talking about today. Um, we've got a couple of interesting people coming in for the customer panel. So we've got Disney coming in, talking about using, you know, using data. Mm -hmm. So you know, they're going to talk about the, the smart response that they use around the, the, the Disney parks, uh, and also talk about their um, their shift into, you know, the, we, we know that they're uh, taking a bit of ownership around digital TV and TV yeah. streaming as well, so that's definitely going to be up for conversation. Uh, we've, got, we've got Hermes. Uh, not Hermes, the handbag company, Hermes, who are a logistics and delivery company. Right. My girlfriend was very disappointed to hear that it wasn't going to be the handbag company. <laughs> <laughs> so no, but they're talking about using uh, smart devices, so using home assistants and smart devices to manage your uh, actual shipping and delivery and logistics. And I mean, trust me when I say that is a very untapped space. If you don't believe me, go home and ask Alexa, to you know, help you book something, yeah. or or you know, tell you about something. In invariably, she doesn't know, and that, that that really tells you that companies are not leveraging the search functionality within Home Assistant half as effectively as they could be. Mm -hmm. I think there's a really untapped potential within that. So we're gonna hear from uh, Hermes on that, uh, and I've got a, a number of different uh, talk tracks. We've got four main tracks, and um, covering yeah, smart assistants. Data usage, 
Um, and yeah, it's going to focus on marketing, sales, service, and commerce. Yeah, so yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun day. Yeah, like one of the, one of the things I like about um, what's going to happen on the day as well. There's going to be little breakout sessions, and John Bowie's talked about how much he enjoys a good breakout session. <laughs> but genuinely, yeah, you know the whole the whole idea of attending MCX as well is it's, it's having marketing there, it's having sales there, it's having yeah. service and finance there so that you can maybe split up yeah. and actually focus on, on the areas that are important to, to your business unit. Um, you're going to have senior product specialists for all of these products. Yeah, well. that, that's a really big deal. The fact that all of them are flying over from the US, like that happens once a year. Is you could have been saying it happens once in a blue moon, right? So the fact that all of the US products are flying over for the customer experience applications is a, is a huge deal. So highly exciting. And what really interests me is the Disney talk because they're going to a flooded market now. So the importance of how daily is going to actually pinpoint their strategy and the roadmap of their strategy is going to be incredibly interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, look, I, I think I will close, close it off um, there. But there were, thanks very much, Sean, for, for having me, for, for taking the time to speak, speak with us. Uh, a little bit longer than what we usually do, <laughs> but uh, in fairness, it was a huge amount to cover. We're definitely going to get you back to you know, have that data conversation. Look, please do get in touch with us. MCX is up there. Register, go uh, talk to us either individually uh, or even just you know post. We're, we're going to have them individually post an MPR within our LinkedIn and on, on our Twitter feeds. Um, look, continue to listen to us if you wish on Spotify or iTunes. And look, the video is going to. very much and uh, until next time have a productive week thanks for listening see you soon not supposed to say anything <laughs> no, <laughs> you, can, you can cut me out <laughs> no, no.